This is our 25th episode. <gasps> OMG, we're a quarter century yeah. old. You promised me we're going to get matching tattoos when we hit episode yeah, 100. Yeah, I actually talked about that today because I really, I was just thinking I really want a tattoo. OMG. Um, And I was thinking of getting like a Megan David behind my ear. But oh. then I thought, no, that's where I'm putting the cloud. Jewish. Yeah. And I also thought it might, would be kind of tacky. <laughs> Wait, this is seven minutes in heaven with your <laughs> favorite one. co-hosts. What's your Miriam name? Miriam Jivatovsky. And I'm Arielle Kaplan. That's our first and last name for you, bitches. Yep. Uh, that went as well as it could have gone. Yeah. Yes. in a while even though we did yeah maybe because we're recording this the night before even though right. we usually do that <laughs> no we sometimes we do like a thursday or a saturday but yeah i don't know i feel like i've just been not seeing you so often i know yeah well also because we don't text because right, i don't want right, to ask right, you right. about your life because then it'll ruin the content i know but doesn't it feel more so now maybe i'm just not going on as many dates and i like don't vaguely text you about them yeah i, don't know. I just feel like, like something happened that i, can't I feel tell like you about. there's a wedge in between us oh touch me i love you i love you we're looking to each other's eyes so everyone knows we've almost known each other for a full year oh my god yeah yeah yeah, yeah. guys we met at the sex expo which is yeah. coming up miriam's not gonna be there so fuck her yeah i'm mad too she's going to france how was your week it was good um, I didn't go on any dates or fuck anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, then what the fuck did you do? <laughs> Literally just chilled, honestly. Like, I feel like summer's been so crazy and I've been doing so much. And these past few weeks, I've kind of been taking it more easy. But it is tryouts for fucking cuffing season right now. So oh. I need to get back out there. I'm going on a date tonight. Nice. And I'm going on another date tomorrow night. Is that, wait, are these both old people? No, these are like new senior people. citizens. <laughs> <laughs> They're both new people from Z apps. And I feel like the apps have been so active lately because it is oh. cuffing season tryouts and uh. everyone's trying people out. Okay. Yeah. The apps have been giving me a lot of push notifications lately. Like Ooh. the love of your life is waiting for you on here. Wow. Yeah, I, turn, I don't have not. the notifications on for mm. the apps. I just check them constantly. <laughs> I found one of my high school friends on it yesterday. Oh. Yeah. This is a type of guy who's like, I hooked up with him one time in high school, but he's so different over text and in person. Mm. And I've never met somebody else like him. But do you know people like that? They're just like, he's so creepy online. And then oh. a very cool dude in person. I've met similarly, like different online than they are in person, but they're not creepy. online. <laughs> he's so fucking creepy. What ways is he creepy? He's just like... I mean, this was in high school. Okay. <laughs> but he would just like, I am every single girl in our class and be like, so who do you like? And like, <laughs> I know that doesn't sound super creepy, but it, it just, his, weird. he was just doing it to everyone. We had a really small grade too. There were like yeah. 20 girls and he would do it to every single girl. So like, obviously everyone's going to tell each other. Yeah. Like, we yeah. all know. Yeah. I have a friend who's like that, who like, isn't, um, super aggressive sexually in person, but then we'll message you one time. We like, he literally messages every girl that he knows. So like, I'll call my friends and be like, Oh my God, he was like messaging me all night. And she's like, me too. And then our other friends like me too. Yeah. That sounds exactly fucking, like he just him. gets hammered and does that. But the weirdest thing is once we were in the same apartment and he was, it was like a, it was his apartment. We were hanging out. It was like really late at night 
and I was in the living room with some of our friends and he went to bed and he messaged me from bed being like, come cuddle. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) oh my God, I'm right here. Like so scared. I know. Oh, well, this is ties into our question later on yeah. today. So stay tuned, y'all. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything to report. Did you go to the beach today? Okay, I went to the beach yesterday. I oh, went right, to right, Jacob right. Reese and like to the gay nude part, which mm-hmm. I don't always go to because it's very like a turn up situation. And sometimes I go to the beach and I just want to chill. Like people are drinking. It's like drinking, music, partying. But it also happened to be, okay, it was kind of a crazy day. So first of all, we couldn't go into the water. Why? Like, so the National the Park Service said that there was like some bacteria in the water. Oh. So they like recommended against going. The city beach said you could go. So like right across is the city beach. But I was like, I'm not going into the water if the state is like worried about the sanitation. That's so Scary. disgusting and it sucks because that's the whole point of going to the beach is to go into the water yeah but it was fun because i had my titties out and no one gave a shit because everyone's like titties out you know i was the, the only this person. is the nude beach the gay nude right. beach right. so everyone either ha- is a someone with their titties out or someone who doesn't care that people have their titties out you know mm-hmm. what i mean mm-hmm. um and all the men like not all of them but like so many of them are so fucking sexy um but well oh it was such a, just like a crazy day because we ran into all these random people like that you know or like they were you you were bumping into that strangers people knew, that people knew <laughs> like i went there with our my friend jack and then our friend emma and uh-huh. her boyfriend but then jack ran into a bunch of his friends and like emma brought a friend and it was just like all these oh, people cute. it was so fun and jack brought Tough. a friend um but so it turned out to be a celebration of this drag queen miss columbia who would always hang out at jacob reese and like party and everything and there's like drugs everywhere and drinking and apparently she had drowned <gasps> yeah because she was like fucked up at, yeah. at her celebration party? No, no, no. Like a few months ago. Oh, it was so celebration of her life. Saturday, yesterday, we oh le- it God. was like a celebration, which was kind of amazing. Like to see all these people were dressed in drag and like walking around and people oh. were like painting each other. I have like, oh, I have some of the silver left over from my flash tattoo oh. <laughs> in between my titties. Um, it was just like really good vibes. People handing out like edibles and just partying. Oh my God. Did you take one? I didn't. You know me. <laughs> 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 we were playing like Colombian music and like dancing. Wow. It was so fun. What a celebration of life. Yeah. And that it was kind of crazy cool. that like the day we were celebrating this person who drowned in the water, we couldn't go into the water. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like a That's... spiritual situation. Yeah. That probably really resonated yeah. with people. Sounds fun. Yeah. Um, I confused my date for this project that I was going to do. A very exciting project. A very exciting project. So stay tuned in yeah. a few months. Um, and it's for next weekend. So I, I regret not going to the beach with you. It's okay. Yeah. I'll go again. I was going to go today. Time. It was Rachel's idea to go. My roommate's idea. And then she was like, never mind. It happened. Yeah. It was kind of <laughs> cool today anyway. So. Yeah. And wait, should we tell our listeners that we just ordered our stickers finally oh our stickers and our lighters yeah we can tell them keep an eye out because they're gonna be for sale so, i don't know if you heard what miriam just said but <laughs> we, got, we are creating smh pod lighters yes so the stickers are for the lighters yeah we just well, revealed our trade secrets <laughs> <laughs> or you could just get a sticker oh yeah or you could just get a sticker and i hope you use these lighters for sex candles that you dip, drip on each other yeah oh my god we should like sell those yeah that's next in the what's the difference between oh like a, a a sexy candle like turns into lube and then a regular one just kind of candle wax i guess one of them's more body safe i want to say yeah they actually i was just at babeland today and they had a candle that was in like a 
like a pouring teapot type thing. Oh, that's cool. So you could easily like pour it on top cool. of someone. Cool. Have you ever used candle No, wax? but I have one and I really want to do it, but I feel like I ha- it's like so BDSM-y that I have to like feel comfortable and... I mean, you d- like, yeah, feel comfortable, but I don't feel like it's so BDSM-y. Like I've done it. I guess. To me, it's like something I've wanted to do for so long that I kind of want it to be special when okay. I do it. What if I get you more candle wax? Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. Get it. Yeah. I want to tell you guys about my good friend Emily Wilson's new podcast. It's oh. called Gafanti Brunettes. I think that's how you pronounce the cheese. Um, it's with it's hosted by her and her best friend. Uh, she's one of my favorite comedians. She's so fucking funny. Listen to it. And it comes out on Monday, so listen to ours first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, Emily. News. And welcome to Sex News. I have three. You have three? I have... One, two. I also have three. They're just long. Amazing. Planned Parenthood to stop taking Title X funds rather than comply with abortion gag rule. LA Times reports. So on Monday, Planned Parenthood chose to withdraw from from federal Title X funding, which helps low income people access birth control and uh, abortions. And they chose to do this rather than comply with the Trump admins gag rule that stops them from giving these uh, uh, abortion referrals. So Title X gives $286 million to healthcare providers to fund these family planning services and Planned Parenthood gets $60 million of that. And so they're wow. just like not accepting any of that anymore. Um, so the chief executive of Planned Parenthood, Alexis McGill Johnson, said using essentially fundraising for charity, which should be a state responsibility, a federal responsibility is like holding an umbrella during a tsunami. So it's going to be really difficult if you can donate to Planned Parenthood. Um, if you want to go shopping, shop at Bulletin or Unbound for Sex Toys. They both donate. Unbound donates 6.9% to Planned Parenthood. <laughs> Bulletin donates 10%, I think. Um, so, like, if you're already going to go and buy sexy stuff or, like, clothing, try and see if you can do it somewhere that also supports Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Um, and also, obviously, just, like, support it. There's this House of Yes in Brooklyn party Yes. Or a plant parent that Miriam and I are planning on going to. Come hang out with us. Yeah. We have to get our tickets. Yeah. <laughs> I like told the guy. Okay, good. good. Yeah. So but what's fucked up it. about this gag rule, it happened abroad first and now it's happening here. It's not even that you can't provide abortions. You can't even say that it's an option to people. Mm. You can't even tell like someone who's coming in for medical advice that one thing they could do is get abortion. Which is really fucked up. And it's like really amazing that Planned Parenthood's refusing that money. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of fucking money values yeah honest like 60 million isn't even they should be getting way more than that yeah for what they do yeah yeah like you can you can get tested for free for stds at planned parenthood in case you guys don't know that boys included yeah so take advantage yeah or actually if you can afford it go somewhere else yeah so that people people who who can't afford it it. yeah (laughs) but no actually people say you should go to Planned Parenthood even if like you have money and you don't need it because it like keeps things running to like have people going there Mm. because they don't do everything for free too yeah I guess it also depends on your tax bracket like if you can't afford it they don't make you pay but if you can I think they might yeah um 
Back to you, Miriam. All right. Um, this is, I actually have a few fucked up stories today, but as do you. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're having fun. <laughs> There's <Woo>! this town. <laughs> we're Everyone wine. take a shot. <laughs> <laughs> There's this town in Wales called Port Crawl. And Wait, what's it called? Port Crawl, spelled P-O-R-T-H-C-R-A-W-L. Porth crawl. Yeah. So they are planning on installing these new high tech bathrooms that in the park called Griffin Park that are supposed to be anti sex public toilets. And the idea is that if you are in this bathroom for longer than a certain period of time and there's a certain weight in there and there's like aggressive movements, they're going to spray water on you, sound an alarm, and automatically open the doors. Um, There's the, yeah. (laughs) So I'm making a face. First of all, like, what about groups of people who go to the bathroom together to do coke? Okay. Also <laughs> just like to pee together. Cause that's what we do. Sometimes. They're discriminating against us, but they're actually discriminating against people who have disabilities because like, who's going to weigh a lot, make violent movements and take some time in a bathroom. And you're just going to spray water on them and sound alarms and open the door. What that's the so fuck? fucked up. Also like, People don't really have sex in public bathrooms unless it's like nighttime and no one's not using them. You or know what I porn. mean? Or for porn. Yeah. And like let them live. Okay? Yeah. Whatever. Fuck you. Maybe spend that money on like these, these high tech bathrooms. Obviously, they're going to be expensive. Like spend it on other things. Wait, did the article point out that this is bad for disabled people? No, but I so I read this article and then I listened to Dan Savage's newest episode. Savage mm-hmm. Lovecast. He talked so about it. I know. I'm obsessed with podcasts. Um, he talked about it on the top of his show last week, and that's what I was like, oh, I didn't even think of that. I was just thinking of, like, people who, or, like, really overweight people, you know, people who are who weigh a lot, you yeah. know? Like, what? how do you decide what two people are supposed to weigh, you when know? When did they say that this was going to start? In October. Huh. Okay. So let's let's check back everyone in. Everyone fuck in a public toilet now <laughs> while you still can. Well, only in Wales. Yeah. <laughs> We're good here in the States. Yeah, yeah. That's the one good it. thing about America. <laughs> We can fuck in our public bathroom For now. <laughs> Back to you, Ariel. Trigger warning. Uh, look in the show notes. We'll tell you when this starts and ends, but we're about to talk about sexual assault. So I'm sure a lot of you have heard about the Erica Lust controversy. Um, so this came out last week. A bunch of people tagged me in a post um from hello rooster which is a non-binary uh sex worker porn performer um and they i didn't actually read the whole post because i wanted to read like a well-reported article on it with both sides um but from what i saw everybody was sharing this it was a black image of like erica lust needs to be held accountable and then erica lust oh i'm so sorry Erica Lust is the founder of X Confessions, or is it XXX Confessions? I think it's X Confessions. Okay, X Confessions. Um, it's a feminist forward porn company. It's like indie porn. And basically, she has people write in their sex confessions or their, their fantasies, and then she turns them into porn scenes. So um, it's ethical porn. It's really great. That means that you pay for it. The stars all get paid really well, and it's Barcelona based. So um, were you with me when I saw Erica talk at the mm-hmm. wing? Okay. So I went with Mia from talk taboo, which is a great resource you guys should go to for more like, um, scientific sex ed, uh, sex education. Actually, a lot of ours is scientific, but it's just good. Just check it out. Yeah. I used to work with her. Um, 
And I thought Erica was amazing. So when I first saw this, I was upset and I was like, oh, here we go again. Now, like we need to from what we learned from our wildflower reporting, I was like, I really need to get all the facts straight from this. So um, anyway, everybody was just really quick to cancel Erica Mm -hmm. before she had even said anything. And they were just believing this woman who she was saying that she was sexually assaulted on set and that Erica had aligned herself with the abuser and so did um ex-confessions and just like the Erica Lust company so I'm gonna break it down so in 2018 Hello Rooster made this fundraising post to get a lawyer for justice against Olympe de G I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right O-L-Y-M-P-E mm-hmm. Olympe Olympe de G so they outlined the allegations against Olympe which included sexual assault, gross negligence of an employer, and breach of contract. Um, So Rooster said that despite attempts at private uh, remediation, Erica Lust and her co-founder Pablo Dobner decided to, quote, align themselves and publicly support my abuser and erase my experience, unquote. So in a new statement that came out this week or last week, Erica Lust addressed that part, the 2018 allegation. Um, and it was it's titled like Erica Lust's statement um, against Rooster's false allegations. Mm. So Lust clarified that Rooster's main issue was that the director didn't give them enough time to prep for this masturbation masturbation scene on the Don't Call Me a Dick set. And you can still watch this video online. So the director, Limpe, said that Rooster had spent all morning preparing for the scene um, and they had already rescheduled it from the morning to the afternoon. Um, but Rooster is claiming like they did not get the sufficient time to prepare and they were like coerced into doing the scene. Um, so Lust said, quote, it can be argued that this incident was not a good example of best directing practice in the production of, of a film set, but is certainly not sexual abuse nor assault. Preparation time is a practice we try to ensure on all of our sets and we feel sorry that Rooster felt they did not have enough, but this does not amount to sexual assault. So Les said that they also conducted an investigation with the crew and at, at the time it was like 12 members and they concluded that sexual assault didn't occur, uh, but they did stop working with Olympe de G just for other reasons. Wait, so Olympe de G was the director? Um, yeah. And the director. So who's Les? I guess she's just like the creative director. Yeah. The director basically rushed this person into performing a scene that they weren't prepared yeah so they had they had it was this the day of the set and rooster said that they needed more time so olympia was like fine we'll move this scene from the morning to the afternoon and then they still weren't ready and they're like well we have to do it um so they did it and then Mm. they they came out with these allegations afterwards um okay so after this happened, Rooster kept posting a lot of blogs about Erica Lust, and this was in 2018, stuff like all like uh, a timeline of Erica Lust's like bad stuff that she's done, whatnot. We'll put all the these or we'll put the relevant ones in the show notes. Um, and they were just claiming a lot of horrible stuff against Erica and mentioning her on Twitter like 10 times a day. So Erica ultimately blocked her on Twitter. Um, um but she never said anything disparaging about Rooster and just like really didn't involve herself. 
from this from her statement she was basically like i tried to mediate this nothing really happened and we're sorry that it wasn't best practices but no sexual assault occurred okay so then in february of 2019 rooster's lawyer asked lust to have an out-of-court settlement in the form of an apology uh a witness statement against olympe and a lot of money and erica didn't accept it so fast forward to today Erica just found out through this new blog post that Rooster wrote um, of this new allegation of rape um, perpetrated by Olympe on the set of architecture porn. So the first allegation was about the like, don't call me a dick. Now, this is a different one. And the whole the video was shot in front of Erica and 20 of their crew members. And the allegation was never brought to less attention until just now in this post. Interesting. So. Erica said, it is difficult for me to take this allegation seriously after two years of different allegations and claims. At points, it has been hard for me to at points. It has been hard for me to keep up with what is being said about me. For my position as a director, Rooster and Olympe both had a good day on set. Afterwards, Rooster spoke to me privately and said how happy they were with how everything went and what a good time they had. There was no mention of any boundary violations. I have watched all the raw footage behind the scenes material to check for anything that could have been seen as sexual assault. And as far as I can see, there is nothing that signals rape. That being said, I take this allegation very seriously. However, I can't look into it further until I receive the account of events from Rooster Olympe and all the crew working on set that day. So that's all the information I have. Um, I think that Erica's statement was very well put together and I feel bad for her from the knowledge that I have. I also feel bad for Rooster that they are suffering so much in this time. But in my eyes, I think Erica is being the more rational one here. Yeah, it's hard to say with these sorts of things because like I think a lot of what happens in these situations is that two people are experiencing very different things. Mm-hmm. You know, one person might not even think they're coercing another person by their the way they're speaking because they don't understand necessarily how to, like, there's some people who are always like, are you sure? And very careful. And some people need that. And then there's some people who assume that you want something unless you say otherwise, mm-hmm. um, which is harmful because that's not consent. I don't know. I can't, I don't have an opinion. It's just like this happened in front of everyone and they debriefed before and they prepped for it too. Yeah. Um, I just really don't like. Like to not believe someone. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Erica's like probably very torn about this. I mean, as she says, it's hard for her to believe because of all of the false accusations beforehand. Um, That puts her in a really tough spot. And also that she never told her about this allegation. Why is she now just coming? Oh, I'm so sorry. Why are they now just coming out with this? And then you can say, well, they didn't feel comfortable before. However, they were talking about a sexual assault that didn't happen the first time. Well, allegedly, allegedly happened or didn't happen. Exactly. But anyway, I the main thing I got out of this is that everybody was so quick to cancel Erica. Um, And you really just got to, like, see both sides first before you attack someone like that. And I really do respect her. And I hope I hope that she is telling the truth. And I don't think we're really ever going to be able to know. Yeah. But that's where I stand. It's so complicated. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. 
cancel culture like i think it's important and good that we have these mechanisms to call people out for the things they do and people should be held accountable but you shouldn't be so quick to cancel someone based on one thing life is so complicated there's no black and white it's all gray yeah um yeah you have to like really think before you you know jump to something Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially when you have a big platform so i hope that if anybody shared that um on their story or whatnot and that you've changed your mind since listening to us or just like by getting more of the facts that you trace back and talk about it again yeah back to you Miriam all right so if anyone watches Broad City yes you might have picked up that Alana talked about how cornflakes were created to stop people from masturbating. Ah, uh, this episode. Um, it wasn't like a big part of the episode. She yeah, just yeah, mentioned yeah. it and I was like, okay, what? And then apparently recently there's been a lot of memes of people like saying, Google what cornflakes Really? Why are. is this back in the media? I haven't seen them, but I this came up like in my Google alerts uh-huh. that all these memes have been coming out about it. That's funny. So we're going to break this down for you. Um, J.H. Kellogg, the founder of Kellogg's, developed cornflakes to provide nourishment to the patients at the Kellogg Sanitarium oh, did in he? Michigan. <laughs> and Kellogg was a devout Seventh-day Adventist, so he believed in strict abstention from almost all forms of sexual activity, even among married couples. Married heterosexual couples. That's weird. He called masturbation self-pollution and the most dangerous of all sexual abuses. Okay, pedophilia. Uh... <laughs> masturbation is more dangerous than that he advocated the most simple pure and unstimulating diet to curb masturbation um despite all of this however there is no proof that he made cornflakes specifically to stop people from masturbating so it might just be more that his values are like a very simple diet is going to stop you from masturbating which can't be true if you're not pleased with the food you're eating if you're not satisfied from that of course you're going to masturbate at least you get some sort of pleasure in life i mean I don't know about that, but I understand where you're coming from. (laughs) What I will say is this is why I only eat frosted flakes. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, there's no cold, hard proof that cornflakes were created to stop people from masturbating. But this guy was definitely cuckoo bananas. It's fun to think about. Cuckoo bananas. I love that. (laughs) Back to you, Ariel. (laughs) Okay, I think I have another... Oh, no. No, no, no. This is good. Good. (laughs) Why do women send nudes? Why do men? It's complicated in these (sighs) study finds. University of Arizona researcher Morgan Johnston-Bow, I think. Okay, baby. She conducted an online survey. She asked more than a thousand students from seven colleges to describe the last time they sent a nude and why. And they were given 23 reasons um, that they could check off and they could do as many as they wanted. So the results. Women were four times more likely to send a new to prevent the recipient from losing interest or to stop them from looking at other people's nudes. Fair. You've sent a lot of nudes. You love taking nudes. Love it. What's the main reason why you sent them? Because I look hot and I want someone else to appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Um, so Johnston both said that this points to a persistent sexual double standard that's disempowering for women. And when you send it to keep someone else's interest, mm. she says the sexual double double standard is this idea that's perpetuated in society that men and women have different types of sexuality, that men have uncontrollable, voracious desires, whereas women are capable of making moral decisions and acting as the gatekeepers to sexual activity. 
With this idea in mind, women may feel pressured to share images with their boyfriends in order to keep them interested or to please their appetite. Like, I don't get it. We are the ones who have an organ for sex, like just solely for pleasure. Yeah. Why? Well, I clitoris. Yeah. If in case <laughs> y'all didn't know. And if we remember, the penis is for procreation and for urination and for urination and for masturbation <laughs> and the clit's just for masturbation i mean and pleasure yeah yeah <laughs> and theoretically procreation because the pleasure makes you want to fuck and that oh yeah and also actually orgasm um increases your chances of getting pregnant yeah because you suck up that sperm so you're fine me Sorry, oh no. that was mean <laughs> <laughs> no you're right you're right <laughs> oh, wait actually i'm trying to have sex with this person without condoms and i need to get back on birth control oh yeah definitely yeah have you both been tested you're all good well i'm i need to get him tested and then i i have been tested but i'll do it again i'd go with you i kind of i need to get tested okay (laughs) i would go to a planned parenthood let's go let's go okay um all right other results women were also four times more likely than men to send news to feel empowered on the opposite scale (laughs) um women were twice as likely than men to say that they sent a nude to boost their confidence. So the researcher says again, the fact that these women are more likely to feel both empowered and disempowered proves that they're selecting both of these options and thinking about the same event highlights the fact that women have more to gain from a potentially beneficial interaction, but they also have more to lose. Mm. So that was all for heterosexual women. And the, the results are different for queer women. Yes. Can you like guess what? They probably are so empowered and not at all disempowered. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Whenever th- I love now in the the newer studies, sometimes we see like, oh, but it's different for queer women and everything's great for them because they all understand each other. <laughs> <laughs> women are amazing. Um, so for queer women, they aligned sending nudes uh, more with feeling em- empowered and gaining confidence whereas heterosexual women were the opposite as you just said so uh johnson bro says one explanation may be the sexual double double standard with straight men and women another explanation may be that women who do not identify as heterosexual experience more constraints and they may regain power over their bodies and sexualities through sexting right yeah i feel like the way we just talked about queer women being queer doesn't make life easier. People always say like, oh, I wish I was lesbian. And it's like not easier to date girls than it is to date no. dudes. Yeah. Um, it just sounds amazing because like I love all my female friendships. And I'm like, oh my God, what if we had sex? But, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it does eliminate that. First of all, you don't really have a sexual script because you weren't taught it. Right. But that also can be terrifying because it's yeah. like, wait, what do I do? Yeah. What you is know? it? Who does what and how? And then the other thing is um, that, well, that you don't have that sexual script. You don't have sexism. <laughs> well, you, there's still internalized misogyny. At the That's end of the true. Day. That's true. Um, it's uh, life is hard for everyone <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. And it's, yeah. it's harder for queer people. Of a hundred percent. But it's cool that like women are awesome. You know, I'm glad that they have the better side of this study. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but why? they are that they want they're trying to regain power over their bodies i mean that that is sad yeah um but you thought it anyway yeah which is good <laughs> okay are you have one more one more all right back to you miriam this was the juicy one. Oh, true <laughs> juice um, juice yeah so uh we've talked about lioness health in the past they're a sex toy company that makes sex toys that track your orgasms and they can even make 
art from your orgasms with their vibrators, which is amazing. Sorry, I had a burp. Okay. Excuse you. Um, so on August 22nd, Samsung had a women in tech event in San Francisco um, circling around growth and innovation in the wearable device market. So Liz Klinger, the founder and CEO of Lioness, was asked to remove her stall from the event, even though she had been approved to be there beforehand. Oh. So she was trying to find, she was like, who? Who wants me to leave? Because the people who came to her like didn't care. They were just representatives. So she, it took her four hours to figure out who the fuck was the source of her issue, which like was basically the whole event anyway. Um, and... By the time she found the person, they said that um, basically what Lioness does isn't women's health and it isn't wearable, which is insane. Okay. It literally tracks your calories. Yeah. <laughs> it's also it's it's, a Fitbit for your pussy. So Klinger had said, I told them about our biofeedback and data aspect and how we're covering different research and presenting at healthcare and research conferences. They told me that it wasn't a wearable, so the product still shouldn't be there. Um, so this is just like this. On top of what happened back in January at the CES event in Las Vegas where Laura DiCarlo got kicked out, uh, got an award and then it was rescinded because it was a sex toy and all the advertising policies on MTA and Facebook. There's a lot of sexism and people aren't viewing sexual health as health, even though it is. Um, it is and just like promiscuity. Yeah. And it's very, it's sexist because women need these things. I mean, men do too. Every And any gender needs sex toys, but there's less options for women. We can't take Viagra. There do- it doesn't exist right now. There's nothing that like is equivalent and we don't want to, why would you take a pill when you can just use some lube? Um, and these companies should be allowed to experience the same innovation and be part of capitalism the way every other company can. Yeah. Be. And for people who have like nerve damage and like cancer survivors, I mean, Polly Rodriguez who founded her whole company because she survived cancer and then like, she needed something more stimulating to fucking masturbate. Yeah. I know about all the health benefits of masturbation. And um, she always said she would have to go to these seedy kind of sex shops where there's the stigma and, you know, all the things that are being sold there are made by men. And she wanted a different experience for people. That's why she created what she did. And that's so innovative. And there's so many amazing women who are creating amazing products for women. And it, like, we need that. The, women know our bodies yeah you know? sex tech is booming now that women have taken over exactly like sex tech has been around for a while and it just fucking sucked dick hole <laughs> literally like the like i only knew to go to spencer's when i was in middle school yeah. to get one of those like a bullet, bullet. yeah the, that, like, like ones. fake plastic yeah, and just, fucks up your vagina oh my also i did not know that i was like supposed to clean them when i was younger and they would get so gross yeah <laughs> so <laughs> gross <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's <laughs> a source of my yeast infections. <laughs> you horny bitch. <laughs> I don't have time to clean this. I, I use like the Cora wipes now. They're in my nightstand. Ooh, yeah, I should get that. Because I can't. Yeah. I just have like a dirty sex toys. I'm like, okay, where's the clean one? Where's the clean one? And then I use all them and I'm like, I have a day where I clean them all. That's smart too. I yeah. could do that. But there's like three that I rotate in Fair. anyway. Um, more like two yeah but that's all I wanted to talk about um, if this is important to you you should just continue patroning these amazing companies yeah wait did we ever talk about that CES is allowing sex toy companies yeah we did, we did? Okay. a few episodes ago Oof. yeah so but it's like FYI. on a trial basis oh yeah. so, so good luck girls yeah. wait can we go where is it Um, it's in Las Vegas should we go yeah January let's fucking go yeah, let's go let's Where's go sex 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 sex
trigger warning. Another trigger warning will tell you when it starts and ends. We're about to talk about revenge porn, um, and there might be some mentions of sexual assault in this conversation. Yeah. Wait, what do you mean we'll tell you when it starts? It's about to start. Yeah, it's starting right okay, now. Okay, it's starting now. But like in the show notes, we'll tell you when it ends, so you can skip to like oh, okay, the okay. advice question. And starting. So this week on Orgasmic, I got a question about revenge porn. Um, it came from a 17-year-old. She said that her partner, I think it was a boyfriend, had a phone that came from school and the girl had sent him a bunch of nudes and she was worried that he would give it back to school and like it would, he would send it around to everyone because that had happened to somebody the year before. Mm-hmm. She asked, what can she do? I wasn't really sure about the rules because she's also a minor. So just saying that if he sends it around, that's child pornography. Like, yes, that's true. But also if she sent it to him, isn't that also child pornography? Mm-hmm. Um, People have gotten in trouble for that. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. The <laughs> advice that everybody gave and everybody gave really great advice. So thank you all for showing up for that. Um, I, I posted a bunch of sites that shows the specific revenge porn laws oh and also just to clarify revenge porn is when you share an image of your past sexual partner online. or anyone yeah or anyone like you can hack into someone's computer get their nudes and you yeah, distribute just them. revenge um it's not always for revenge that's just like the colloquial term they call it a uh, non-consensual pornography mm, thank you miriam yes <laughs> <laughs> anyway what people said was just like, you know, talk to your parents, even if it's scary. Like it, imagine if it's precautionary to tell them, like if something happens afterwards, it would have been better to tell them. So even if it's exactly. scary, like do that. Um, and then your parents will help you like take legal action if necessary. Talk to the school. You just want to talk to somebody who has more authority and more knowledge as like when you're a minor. Yeah. Just to be safe. Um, we're not saying not to send nudes. Like it's so yeah. fun, but probably wait until after you're a minor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The issue with this whole thing is that there's so much victim blaming when these things happen. It's like, oh, well you took a nude and you sent it to someone. So yeah. you deserve this. And like, you don't, uh, people, I mean, so call your girlfriend just had an episode about revenge porn. It's episode 211. You guys should listen to it. Cause it's amazing. Plugging. Yeah. Um, for free. No Whoa. less. But literally, they talked about it this week after we already decided we were going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a revenge we, we got there second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and wait, sorry. Go I'll ahead. reference the episode, but you guys should listen to it, too, because it's, it's really good. Um, but they were just talking about, like, if your credit card got stolen, people wouldn't be like, well, you shouldn't have gotten a credit card. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> and also, we from the study that I just shared, wait. Yeah, the, the other one, the the sending nudes. Yeah. I mean, it's empowering for some right. people. And it's natural. I want to, like, if you're into someone, you want them to see your body and yeah. you want to see their body. Like, so, uh, technology is so great for developing relationships. It's also great for destroying lives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in this episode, a lot of times they just talk about, like, not everyone's terrible, but there are people out there who just want to ruin people's lives and who suck. So you Sociopaths. need to you need to know who you are. You need to protect yourself mm-hmm. as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, should I just get into like what I read, or do you want to talk about yours first? No, no, go ahead. Okay, so I think yours should go first anyway. Yeah, I kind of agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Same page. <laughs> so as we said, revenge porn is also known as non-consensual pornography, and it refers to the distribution of sexual or pornographic. Ab- images of individuals without their consent this could be anything from someone and uh, something and someone sent you to hacking their computer to you took a picture of them that they didn't know about um so 
46 states in the U.S. have passed laws against revenge porn. Where are the ones that haven't? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I have a fucking list. Wyoming. They're canceled. Canceled. Yeah. Wyoming, Mississippi, South Carolina, and the most interesting, Massachusetts, huh. which is a liberal state. To be fair, New York just passed this law. There's no um, federal law. There should be one. Uh, but if you live in any of those states, call your senators, call your representatives, because that's fucked up. Um, so despite, yeah, uh, sorry. Okay. Um, there was an act passed in 1996 called the Communications Decency Act, which basically um, s- makes it so that internet providers, such as Twitter, Facebook, whatever, aren't responsible for the content that the people post on their site. Mm-hmm. So if there's revenge porn on their site, it's not their problem. Wait, I'm I'm sorry I'm getting ahead of you here, but so then that was overturned with the Tumblr thing when they were like, now you with are responsible. Sesta Fosta, I guess. Yeah. Jesus. But this this website didn't talk about it. Even when was, was that updated. passed, did you say? That was passed in twenty eighteen, I believe, or twenty seventeen. Oh. Um Okay. So that might have changed. Well, we'll we'll update it in the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On Call Your Girlfriend, they interviewed this attorney named Carrie Goldberg. She writes a book she wrote a book Jew. called yeah <laughs> apparently the best dressed lawyer in new york oh um she wrote a book called <gasps> nobody's sorry i just i somebody talked about her at work the other day i'm gonna try and pick that up as a story Thank do you. it yeah. yeah she wrote a book called nobody's victim which is about revenge pornography and her Amazing. own experiences and she runs a law firm that basically exclusively deals with oh this my God, i love her and in her book she talks about the four types of revenge pornographers and i thought again they talk about this on call your girlfriend you should listen to it but i thought it was really interesting and i want to talk we're about we're reblogging too. yeah we're <laughs> <laughs> so there's the four types of revenge porn people there's the asshole the stalker the perv and the troll she calls the stalker the psycho but that's kind of ableist term so i'm trying to be nice here okay um so i'm gonna start with the stalker because she did that's the person who like won't stop unrelenting trying to ruin your life like you break up they post your pictures they call all your family they write police reports they just like do anything they can to fuck your life up uh they call all your coworkers, all your ex-coworkers anyone they file fake this one guy she was talking about like wrote in bomb threats under her name i mean that, that is psychotic yeah that's yeah. psychosis unrelenting behavior yeah then there's the asshole who is someone who does like like lacks impulse control gets really angry does something crazy but then doesn't follow up on that because they have like usually the stalker or the psycho doesn't have people in their life to hold them accountable but the asshole does mm-hmm. so they stop uh there's the troll so that's kind of like internet trolls randos who would hack to try to like uh, a lot of people you know fucking with aoc and other people who are mm-hmm. white supremacists exactly Nazis, a lot of that yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and then there's the perv so that's just someone who not just that's someone who uh tries to abuse people for sexual pleasure like people who um a lot of people on the internet who are trying to find girls to send them nudes and then they use those nudes as blackmail to get more nudes and get them to do more and more humiliating Ugh. things to the point where it's like these people consider themselves to be sex slaves at this point because they've been blackmailed to Boy. this crazy extent. Yeah. It's really fucked up. Please listen to the episode if you want more information. But they actually also talk about this on <laughs> the episode. Um, you can copyright your nudes. And it's actually a really good idea because if you copyright your nudes, then you have ownership over them. So if someone else is distributing them, you can make up to like 150K by suing them. Oh my God, please distribute my news after <laughs> I copyright them, please. So there's a salty article that talks about how to copyright them that we'll link to. But basically you can register your nudes by organizing them in a zip file. You can register up to 750 images and you 
have to it's there's some work involved but it only costs 35 to 55 dollars depending on the image type um, and per it, image no total uh, okay so it's better to upload as many images as possible at once because oh you're paying god. let's all just take oh my god what if we did an event where we all just took nudes and then copyrighted them? <laughs> yeah that'd be so fun <laughs> um and the copyright lasts 70 years after the author's death so by that time no one you're not gonna care if anyone sees your naked i mean body. like once i die release everything i own <laughs> i know all it's my public. all my disparaging yeah who cares you're dead it's fine makes you interesting yeah um, so that was just a little bit of information about revenge porn. Cool. Now, Thank you, Marianne. Study. You're yeah, welcome. We'll, we'll link all that shit. Yeah, we will. Um, all right. So this study included some background info that I just want to go over. So the re- first revenge porn site, it was called is anyone loser URL. It was made in 2010 by Hunter Moore. Um, so within three months in t- 2011, he got 10,000 submissions and he made like $13,000 a month, like on, in his best month. So he made a lot of money from these. Eventually he sold the site to this anti-bullying organization. Um, oh. He cited like legal issues, whatever, like, yeah, <laughs> obviously. Um, and they just said it, they shut it down. So good for them. I'm not sure which the organization was though. Did you hear about all, or maybe you're going to talk about this, all those sites that were like, I hate, first name last name.com uh, no i'm not going to talk about oh, it oh that was another thing like another guy had this website where you would buy like i hate ariel.com <gasps> and then you would if you type that in you would see all of the nudes oh my god that she sent to that guy oh my god i want to find it <laughs> yeah I, they shut it down too oh, okay okay so i believe there it was no that I guy or Catholic. the guy you're talking about the guy who like got arrested I don't know. And then his nudes got leaked and he like sued the person. Oh my God. Oh my God. I know. Uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Karma bitch. Yeah. Um, I don't know about that though. So uh, this 2014 study found that the impact of revenge porn on survivors includes public shame, humiliation, inability to find new romantic partners, depression, anxiety, job loss, offline harassment and stalking. All pretty shitty. Um, it was a non-random sample of 1,200 survivors, and if you looked up their names, um, 50% of them had their social media links to it with their nudes also, and then 20% of their survivors' email addresses and their phone numbers were linked to the nudes. So just like Shit. they survived it, in quotes, but it was still all out there. Um so as of 2016, there haven't been any peer-reviewed studies that focus just on the experiences of revenge porn survivors. They're mostly about like the laws and whatnot, which mm. you might have seen from when we were trying to look for studies. Um, and so this study wanted to focus on how it affects these survivors' mental health and how the victimization is very similar to sexual assault mm. and so that that will lead to better legislation. Okay, so in this study... Um, it was a qualitative slash interview based study with uh, 18 people, 19 years and up. So it's a small sample size, um, but what ofs? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the results, I'm going to talk about their mental health. Um, and so the three themes that they focused on were trust issues after revenge porn, PTSD, anxiety and depression, and then also self-esteem, confidence, and loss of control. Um, so in regards to trust issues after revenge porn, nearly all of them felt a loss of trust in others. And many went from being like super trusting to not trusting at all because somebody they loved betrayed them. Um, and I think that most of these survivors' nudes were leaked by 
people that they had been in relationships with. Right. Okay. PTSD, anxiety, and depression. Just they were mostly all diagnosed with these things. Self-esteem, confidence, and loss of control. So a lot of them noticed a change in their self-esteem and confidence. Um, and the study explains that part of the reason for this is that their loss in control that they experienced um, is very violating and a huge aspect of revenge porn, just like sexual assault. Like when you, you're not in control of those pictures, when you're sexually assaulted, you're not in control of what's happening. Right. So that, that was just kind of stripped from them. A 2003 study found that when sexual assault survivors perceive a loss of control, they experience more distress and trauma. Okay. Now to the coping mechanisms. Um, so there were two, obviously there were negative coping, uh, mechanisms and then positive. So the negative ones came first. Most of them engaged in negative coping mechanisms like denial and self-medication closer to when they were victimized. Um, and they experienced a lot of avoidance. So they pretended that they weren't victimized. Um, they were just a lot in denial. They drank and, and, or they were obsessing over their victimization. Mm. Um, then came positive coping mechanisms. They sought therapy. They spoke out and helped others. So a lot of people become act, uh, um, activists. So the lawyer that you were just talking about, what's her name again? Uh, Carrie Goldberg. Carrie Goldberg. She, you said that she had experienced it herself. I'm not sure if she, if she exactly, if she exactly experienced revenge porn. I think so. Um, but I know that she experienced like someone who harassed her in like a very public way. Okay. But yeah, I feel like that's just like a very common thing when, when you've been afflicted by something, like you want to do your the best to help others. So people become activists. Um, and uh, they relied a lot on their support systems and f- they focused on moving on. Um, they said that those support systems were, they were really grateful for them, for their friends and family being there. So if you know anyone who's gone through this, like be there for them because yeah. it helped, it's, more helpful than you think like you can't fix a situation but you can be a supportive um network for them and don't victim blame like i know it's really easy and it feels like kind of the knee-jerk reaction you took these photos so like what are you expecting but actually i think it's really reasonable to expect that someone you trust isn't going to betray your trust especially when you're in love with them and i mean it's the same thing about sexual assault like oh well you were wearing a short skirt like you should have expected to be raped like no yeah you were existing. Yeah. That means that you get to be raped. Exactly. You get to be whatever you guys know what I mean. <laughs> so the overall findings, uh, they found a striking similarity between the mental health, mental health effects of sexual assault survivors and revenge porn survivors, which suggests that revenge porn should be classified as a sexual offense and the treatment for survivors should be similar to that of sexual assault survivors. So, mm-hmm. um, I think that they need to replicate this study on a larger scale, but right. this is really good for just introducing like new legislation and how to help people who've been afflicted by this because you feel like just a picture going viral, like whatever, but it, it's really hurtful. Yeah. Um, on that sad note, I guess we can go to a question unless you have anything more to add. That's it. No, but like, don't let this stop you from taking nudes and loving yourself. Yeah. Just be smart. As much as you can be, protect yourself as much as you can. Yeah, just copyright those nudes. Yeah, copyright your fucking nudes. Copyright I'm gonna go home and copyright all mine. Yeah, even though I don't have a lot of them saved. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I delete a, a nude and I'm like, oh my god, like, why did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like when you're come after watching a porn and then you're like, <laughs> <laughs> wait, but do you um, have your photos linked to like Google Drive? Oh yes. Maybe yeah. you can find it. Not there. all of them. I'm not sure. Yeah. 
luckily my ex was an abusive piece of shit but he never threatened to or released my needs i like would never think of that yeah i mean i had a friend who was dating an uh, abusive person who had threatened it or maybe he hadn't threatened it but she thought he was going to oh um that she was scared was horrible oh just castrate yeah everyone who does that yeah all the perps advice wow what a sad fucking i know we're sorry guys it's a really sad episode life is tough (laughs) ariel's off her antidepressants we're all feeling wait wait i have an update on that actually i'm back on that (laughs) (laughs) so i thought i was going through withdrawal but really i was just depressed again oh (laughs) i was telling my therapist i was like oh you know i'm so tired and like i can't focus and i have no no motivation to do anything and he was like you're just depressed whoa (laughs) it's fine it's fine why did you go off them in the first place well they made me break out that was the worst side effect um my parents weren't super happy that i was on them so they're really not as psychologic yeah both my parents are therapists it's kind of fucked up um i think it has to do with them being too close to me that they Mm. can't like see it um and not wanting me to need that extra help right and they also they they're anti-medicine like if you don't really need it and they don't think I really need it because they don't know all about me that just goes to show how deep-rooted the stigma is that someone who prescribes this medication to other people like doesn't want their own child to be on it yeah yeah it's pretty weird um so they kind of got to me and my mom was like you know it can be super addicting um, to not be addictive. depressed I, no addictive the the medication so she's like sending me all these new york times articles about how addictive um antidepressants are because when you try and go off of them and you feel the withdrawal like i thought i was feeling withdrawal but it was really withdrawal of not having the antidepressants and i was feeling depressed again i was right. having those moods my dad who's a psychiatrist who actually does prescribe medication was just like only people who are bedridden and like severely depressed should have that medication. Whoa. And he's like, I'm not saying that you're not depressed, but you don't need it to the point where, you're, I mean, you're not depressed to the point where you need medication. Like, you shouldn't get to the point where you're bedridden. Like you're supposed to nip it in the bud, I feel like. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so I love my parents, but they have a complicated relationship with them and they're divorced, mind you all. So these are like two separate messages right. coming to me. Um, but I felt just like, so out of it last week that I'm happy to be back on it and my therapist was nice and he was like you're brave for doing it I'm like yeah whatever you're taking care of yourself that's so important thank you thank you (laughs) for real (laughs) you're welcome um (laughs) well I guess I hope that this helps helps someone someone. yeah and it's uh, just crazy I'm on fucking um levothyroxine for my thyroid I've never felt stigmatized that I like don't have enough thyroid. I have a chemical imbalance. So I take pills for my chemical imbalance to balance it out. Um, I feel like it's a little different because I don't know if I have a chemical imbalance. Isn't that what depression is? I mean, like it could be situational. I mean, mine's not really situational. It's situational in the fact that my childhood trauma stems from my parents being divorced and like a bunch of daddy issues. Um. But you can't, like, test it for me. Yeah. Like, we can't see. And for you, you can. Right. There's, like, blood work. And exactly. The levels aren't right. So it's, like, here you go. Right. Um, Matters of the mind are tough. Yeah. Yeah. So many of my friends are, like, 
I don't want to go to therapy because like it doesn't do anything. And I'm like, bitch, look at me. <laughs> I do feel the happiest I have ever been, even with this past week. Um, and that's primarily because I've surrounded myself with such amazing people, starting with you. OMG. You're like, you kicked off my year of happiness. Oh, stop it. I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Keep going. <laughs> I take it back. <laughs> just, I mean, you've just brought some no, like amazing <laughs> energy into my life. And I, and that's just, and but my body positivity, Miriam, like I, you don't know how much you've affected me oh, and my relationship with my body. Stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. But like you should love your body because it's beautiful. Thank you, Miriam. You're welcome. Okay. And also you're an amazing friend. And I'm so happy that like I would get to do this podcast with you. And I never <laughs> would do anything like this if it weren't for you for real. And this like satisfies this big Aww. thing within me. I love you. I love you. Oh my God. I'm glad we got this on. I know. <laughs> on recording. On Guys, we're actually friends. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't just pretend. <laughs> Okay, question? Yeah, question. We heard you've got a sex question. Well, you've come to the right place. Unless your question's about something unrelated, like types of snakes. But if your question's about sex, not snakes, then ask it here on Sex Questions. This comes from Martin. Okay, Martin. <laughs> Martin writes in. So a little bit of background, which will help my question make more sense. Thank you, Martin. I'm a confident, attractive guy and have no mm -hmm. problem getting busy with my partners. <laughs> I've been with multiple people and have a good amount of experience under my belt, pun intended. <laughs> but for some reason, for as long as I can remember, I always have anxiety getting things started. For example, even the first kiss, initiating sex, or anything intimate gives me so much anxiety. Have you ever encountered other people like this or with yourself and your partners? I want to be the best for my partners, and I feel like this is holding me back. And then this is just for you and me, Miriam. Martin writes, lastly, I love your podcast. You and your friend are hilarious. Um, my best friend. The energy <laughs> you two exude is so wholesome. I never thought I'd enjoy someone talking about real, honest, sexual topics so much. Keep up the good work. Thank Aww. you. Um, I love him. <laughs> um, yeah. So the the guy that I'm hooking up with right, with right now actually was very passive, and I wasn't sure. Like I thought it was clear that I invited him over to hook up. Right. He was returning a sweatshirt, and I guess he wasn't positive about my intentions. Like I literally slid into his DMs. I'm not sure. <laughs> um. So I was nervous that he was going to be a bad kisser because he was not making a move, but he was great. Right. And I think he just wanted to like make sure that that's what was happening and that's what was going on in the table. Um, but we also weren't on a date. Like he just came over. Yeah. So it's not an anomaly. Everyone is scared to make the first move. Right. That's why it's the first move yeah no one cares about the second or the third move <laughs> <laughs> all the magic is on is that first move yeah gonna it's happen? like intoxicating but i um okay so I i'm dominating this conversation you that's oh, okay <laughs> get, it, get in here miriam what are your thoughts um, it's definitely gendered i i'm only recently coming to terms with the fact that i need to initiate sometimes like sometimes really? I'm, I'm like coming closer and closer and the guy's like not doing anything i'm like Ugh. and then i just go for it uh, but yeah, usually I wait for the guy to do it and I like oh send God. signals, but I've been starting to initiate and, um, I see you as such a initiator. I know. Well, I, I do like the moves, you know, like I get closer, I take them to my roof. That's my 
ultimate move. Mm-hmm. I want to go back and see the so original my roof. <laughs> and then once we get on the roof, I'm like, oh, it's so cold up here. Do you want to go inside? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think there's definitely a lot of pressure on men to in a yeah. heterosexual situation to make the first move. Um, but it sounds like you. I think it, one solution I can give is to just get closer to them and like not aggressively so but just like a little bit and maybe like touch them a little bit oh my god touch their leg they'll yeah. literally freak out touch in their panties exactly <laughs> like fi- figure out a way to touch that person and if they respond well or maybe if they like if they just sit there and take it i don't know but if they get a little closer to you or mm-hmm. if they touch you mm-hmm. then you're good to go yeah yeah do that's great advice do a little something see how they respond and if they respond positively then y- you don't have to be anxious about a fear of rejection, which is what I hypothesize you are, what your anxiety is stemming from. Um, that's a clear indicator that they're into it and you have nothing to worry about. Right. Right. And if you're um, extra worried, like if you don't want to step over any boundaries or make anyone feel uncomfortable, you can like touch their leg and be like, is this okay? Yeah. Or ask my move. Usually. I mean, I, I think I usually do the first move. <laughs> <laughs> that's my girl. Um, but so with this guy that I was just talking about, I was like, can I kiss you? Yeah. It, asking is actually a huge turn on. It's so sexy. The only time it's not sexy is when you don't want to kiss that person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Someone I don't want to yeah. kiss is like, can I kiss you? I'm like, Ugh. No, but then that just means they that. can't read body language and like. Chemistry. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy sounds fucking hot and like, yeah. I want to hook up with him. Right. We'll kiss you. We'll make the first <laughs> move. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i hope that helps um if we were totally off about the the fear of rejection please write in and let us know about your childhood trauma so we can better diagnose the situation <laughs> thank you and good night good night <laughs> mic drop all right y'all thank you for tuning in to this sad sad episode yeah um, next one will be happier we hope like yeah it depends Maybe. what's in our google alerts <laughs> um we can't control current leave events. a review on apple Podcasts if you can that'd Five be stars. so dope and like specifically talk about the episode if there's anything you learned yeah um, that'd be cool and follow us on instagram at smh pod we tweet now we tweet at the smh pod at the smh pod you can email us the smhpod at gmail.com and keep an eye out for merch yeah should we give them a, a discount code for our merch no oh. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like nah bitch we're getting all the props it's not like uh dame products oh yeah just damon, throwing it in there damon unbound is always smhpod for 10 percent off yeah so you got something freaky yeah support planned parenthood yeah with your sex toy purchases yeah I don't know if Dame does that. Yeah, I don't know if Dame does that. So, but we yeah. know Unbound does. But and we, we like also it. know that Dame is yeah, Dame does good stuff. Yeah, they're spearheading approved, not approved. Yeah, as is Unbound. Right. We're stalling. Is there yeah. anything else you want to say? We're the, doing the Jewish goodbye right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But we have to go because my date is in like twenty minutes. Rot row. Thirty minutes. Okay. Bye. Bye. Oh, yeah.